Okay, so we're continuing along here in our 30 steps of making a cheshben, making an accounting of 30 different aspects of life. And we learned an aspect just before we go to number three we were up to. We, uh, we had a fellow who just came in for Mincha today. And after Mincha he told us that he just had a grandchild born. It's actually his wife's grandchild who was born. This is the second marriage for him. And the baby was born without the ability to open its mouth. And it's been a few months already. And it's on all sorts of machinery just to be alive, but his mouth has not opened yet. And Avram Gedayi pointed out this just what we learned the other night, that if even one of those organs remain closed, it's impossible to live. The child Nebuch, this baby, sadly at this point, is not yet able to live. He can't eat. So the miraculous way that everything, when it works, and everything clicks and it works smoothly, we take it for granted until we hear a story like this and realize, wow, the fact that just the baby's mouth opens when it comes out, and it happens certainly millions and millions of times, but it can never be taken for granted, because when you see it doesn't. It gives us a part of this uh, reflection of this Cheshben HaNefesh. Should we move on to Vashlishi number three, Cheshben HaAdam Imnafshay. An accounting a person should take with himself to his stock load. And he should really look keenly. The great goodness, the chesed, the kindness that Hashem has done with him, meaning with mankind in general. First of all, the fact that he has granted mankind, he has granted human beings intellect, ha'akora, recognition, insight into things. We're able to think about things, we're able to develop them, we're able to have insight into them. In addition to that, many wonderful character traits that a human being possesses. Treasured and honored and distinguished, dignified midas that the human being possesses. And just to put into perspective, because we do live in a world with the animal kingdom, and even though we don't live in a jungle, we don't interact with sea creatures or jungle animals on a regular basis, but we certainly know that there are many animals of different sizes and stripes, and we know about them, we learn about them, and some of them are even within our life, from the little from the, uh, the, uh, the tiny gnats and flies that could disturb us and annoy us to maybe even man's best friend, the canine, the dog. But yet, all of these creatures who cannot speak, that's because they don't have the intellect of the human being. They don't have that capacity. So therefore, yes, they have some feelings. That is true. They have feelings. We talk about the midst of Shiloh HaKan sending away the mother bird. Even the bird has feelings for its young. Certainly so. That's innate. That's inherent and natural. But the ability to think through something, think through a, an equation, try to come up with a solution, and it all boils down to whether these creatures could speak or not speak. And we have this advantage over the 
living beings, Shane and Madame, can't speak. And we should. Like the Pasuk says, Malafenu you have taught us more than the animals that roam the earth. and even from the birds in the sky, you have given us wisdom. And we should pause to for a moment. Certainly the time is here that we're living in the nine days during these times leading up to Tishabov, where we know the Gemara tells us in Yuma Davtes that the second base of English was destroyed because of sinas chinam, hatred towards one another that was unfounded, that was not warranted to the extent that people disliked each other. And a major part of that was, we're told, by the Chafetz Chaim and many Sfarim that he quotes, because of Lashonara, the way we used our speech, the power of speech, we could say a good word to somebody and it could make his day. It could carry a person for a whole day, sometimes for a week, just on a good compliment. Even if the compliment's not even true to the person receiving it, he somehow convinces himself, you know, it may be true. You know, you know, I love the what you're wearing today. Amazing. You know, you look great today. It just could give him an extra spark in his day and it could change that whole person's day, his whole perspective, his whole out- outlook on himself. And who knows the ripple effect it could have on other people because you made him feel good and therefore it will continue along. But we know the opposite is true as well. person could use that power of speech and say just a harsh word, maybe an extra inflection of the speech that he uses, that he says, and it could really hurt, it could damage somebody. I don't know who it was who came up with the uh, with the with this uh, line that we used to say as children, it certainly wasn't a Torah source. I didn't hear it from a rebellion, but I heard it from my friends. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I'm not sure which Ninkapu made that up. I don't know. And I'm not sure what the basis of it was. But it was certainly one of these things that we grew up saying. Sticks and stones can may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. And it's so far from the truth. You could be beaten physically by somebody, punched, and it hurts, but goes away. And a line of verbal abuse from somebody, whether it's a friend, certainly whether it's someone who you respect, a parent, a grandparent, and it could run so deep into the person's neshama and hurt so much, way beyond and for much longer time than sticks and stones. And this is, I think, besides the fact that we have to appreciate the fact that we have the power of speech overall of other creatures that are living beings. But the fact that the the power of the, the speech that we have can really be used, harnessed for greatness and also, chas for the opposite. A, a, a sharp word, a harsh word to somebody could ruin his day, could ruin his week, could just ruin his whole outlook of how he or she looks at herself or himself. So we have to be very careful with this. And here, in terms of the Cheshben HaNefesh, what Cheves of is saying, he is V'yachshev. A person should think the fact that he's able to have intellect, intelligence, and think through a problem, and think about things, and contemplate things. If Nebuch, a person, would not have intellect, he would not have insight, he would not have recognition of things. And then, lo and behold, someone comes along, someone like him, another human being, is able to imbue in him 
maybe do a surgery, do laser surgery, maybe do some transplant, and is able to give him this. The hikr yisrin mashu Imagine if it would be that the person, while he was lacking this intelligence, is then able to realize the difference of what he was and the lack of it to now what he is now. Usually it's not the case. We take an example of what we know of if Nebuchadnezzar person has a stroke, Chatzvashalma person has a stroke, and he loses some of his, his brain power, he loses some of his intellectual capacity. And imagine that a person is able to, to bring it back, and through rehabilitation and therapy, he's able to get back that, that intellect. But most oftentimes, the person doesn't realize what he lacked. A person with Nebuchadnezzar is going through dementia. They don't even realize what's happening to them. But imagine a person would be able to, to see the difference of the before and after. And he says, wow, this person saved me. I'm able to think now, think through things and have my intellect back. Would it be enough in a whole lifetime? Umidas yom of the entirety of his masmid ba'adosai to be able to thank this person who granted him this intellect, to praise him, would there be enough days in his life to praise this individual who gave him back his intellect? And yet, this is what Hashem does every morning when we wake up, and this is the first bracha, as my Rebbe the Mashkiach pointed out. This is the first of the 15 brachas. That he gave to the person, Bina, understanding, Sechvi, Seichel, he gave intellect to the understanding heart, he gave intellect to the human being. An animal can't make this bracha. As productive as sometimes animals could be, but they can't make this bracha that Hashem gives intellect to them. They don't have intellect. The truth is, a human being who loses his intellect is actually even far worse than the animal. The animal is still able to be productive in what they can do with their strength, their abilities, their talents. But the human beings, most of his capacity of greatness and creativity and productivity is the intellect and the ability to speak through that intelligence. As we mentioned, so much of what we're able to accomplish, we use our speech for learning, for davening, for speaking well, for giving compliments, for helping people, to guide people, and the opposite if we use it for bad. So this is something that we have to contemplate. And so much so that the Chavos ends this piece, This really no limit to all of the goodness that he does for us, and there's no end to the kindness that he does for us on a regular basis. Captured it in one passing in Tehillim. You've done an abundance. You've done so much. There's so much that you do, Hashem. What David Amelech is saying here is that Hashem, you do so much. You make the sun rise. You make the moon shine at night. You bring rain when we need it. Even when we don't want it, but we need it. You know we need it. And you make the, the, the beautiful world that you have. You do everything. There's so much that you do. 
But you do it all really for one purpose. All of your wonders and all of your thoughts of why you do it is Eleinu, is for us. Ultimately, it's for us. The animals roaming the streets, even those that help human beings, whether it's for work or protection or camaraderie, companionship, but they don't, Hashem doesn't run the world for them because they don't have reward and punishment in the next world. Hashem does it, Eleinu, it's for us, it's for the human beings. It's for us, it's for the Yidin who understand the Kodesh Baruch Hu. There's no limit to this. Dovna Melech says, it's incumbent upon me to share this, to speak about this, to relate this. But it's Osmu Misaper. I'll never finish. Doesn't mean we can't start and do it. But it's going to be way more than even I have the capacity to speak about. But we have to speak about it and realize that everything Hashem does, whether it's a beautiful sunset, or the 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 uh, the beautiful grass that we see on a person's lawn—it's all for us, and certainly all of the goodness that each person and the individual has—it's all for our goodness to be able to serve Hashem. So this is a cheshbon. This is cheshbon number three. Just the fact that we have intellect, we have understanding, we have insight, and we're able to do that—to be able to be really at the top of the prism of the world's creation. Makadosh Baruch who created man last. Why? Hashem Rashi tells us this in Chumash. That everything should be ready. Like a set table. Let the whole world be ready. The ocean and the jungles and the, all of the galaxies and all of the creatures and all of the angels even. And then finally on the sixth day Hashem created Adam and Chava. The human being because it was all everything else is created for them to be able to, to then serve their purpose and their mission in life. So this idea that we have this greatness above and this kindness Hashem gives us day in, day out, this intellect that we have to distinguish, to make differences, to be able to use the ability of our speech and intellect for the goodness and for that that Hashem wants us to. Agutenacht.